and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets Podcast. Aaron Portson with you on a Tuesday morning. Allison Lucan is here. Hello. Allison, the Blue Jackets are almost a full week into the postseason now. The, the second offseason, I guess. The second pause, I don't know what you call it, but the season's over. They lost to Tampa. And now it's getting about the off season, the off season work that they've got to do: contracts, trades, and all sorts of stuff. Free agent signings, perhaps. Um, much to get to in Blue Jackets land. A couple of little transactions here for you, and we published a story on the site this morning about players going to Europe to start the twenty twenty one season. Uh, because the NHL is probably not going to start theirs until December 1st at the earliest. It could be January. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, but Yarmo Kekalainen wanting his players, especially young players, but really anybody, to go to Europe and keep playing. Uh, those leagues are set to begin. Russia's league, the KHL, starts. Uh, the games count for them beginning September 2nd. Other leagues start October 1st. Uh, there are a couple later in September that begin. Um, so far, Calvin Thurkoff has signed to play in Switzerland, and so has defenseman Tim Burney. So two young guys, two prospects. Uh, Thurkoff played three games with them in, in Columbus last year. Burney was set to play in, in Cleveland next season or have a shot at the big club. Um, no real names of, of yet, but, but Jarmo Kekalainen and Allison wants the likes of Emil Bemstrom, uh, Alexander Texier. He mentioned Cole Sherwood. He mentioned even Pierre-Luc Dubois. Why not go to Europe and play rather than take another extended break? For some of these guys, Cole Sherwood, for instance, it's been, it will be nine months if he doesn't uh, play until mid-December when the NHL gets going. And hell, he may not play even then. Who knows what becomes of the AHL season? What do you think this is going to lead to, Allison? Are we going to see names head over to Europe to get some work in uh, before the NHL season starts or with NHL indecision about being able to start? What are you anticipating? Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely something that for the young guys, players like you mentioned, it's only beneficial. We know how critical these years are for developing their game. The only Pierre Luc Dubois seems like a stretch to me. This if December Agreed. if December is the date, uh, this is pretty comparable to an NHL offseason in normal times. So I mean, if this stretches beyond that, maybe this is a different conversation. But the only big names that we might see is is what about those seven teams that haven't played since March? And all those guys. Yes, Detroit, all those teams. Exactly. Right? I mean, Ottawa. If, if you're if you're if you're the man or the men on those teams, um, it may not hurt, particularly if you're a European, to start getting some reps that way. Because just like you know the players that you already mentioned who haven't played since March, I mean, those guys, particularly to stay at that level and to want to come back and be ready to compete, even if there is a training camp, they're going to need some ice time. Yeah. Now Yar- we know how Yarmo is wired. Work, work, work. <laughs> and I, I could only imagine like Cam Atkinson, if it came up in his exit meeting, like, you think I'm going to like Sweden to play? Like, really? I just had a kid? Just got out of the bubble? Right. I think I'm okay. I think I'm okay, older brother. 
or a dad, you know, that that's that's preaching work, 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 work. I really don't think you're going to see too many veteran players. But for guys coming off injuries and guys, as you said, that didn't haven't played in a long, long time, it could be crucial, crucial uh, game experience for them. The other thing is these young prospects. There is no prospects tournament this year. Um, sadly, there's no development right. camp this year. Those aren't so sad. Yeah, so I sad. know the rhythm of the season is such such a mess right now. Um, but those those uh, Traverse City games really do get those guys ready uh, to come to training camp, ready to go. Uh, so that's something to keep your eye on. We're gonna we're gonna keep cranking these podcasts out two a week at least for a little while. Then we might go back to one when things slow down a little bit. Um, but we want to go through some some of the off season. Uh, elements and we're going to expand upon them uh, expand upon them if we can I can't say that for some reason um and I think the one of the biggest issues with this team the one of the biggest offseason expectations Allison is that they have to do something to to add some zip up front they have to help their forwards it's not that they have not enough good well it's not they don't have the right kind of forwards not enough of the right kind of forwards they don't have the elite level difference making offensive forward you may recall Artemi Panarin left town you may recall they had Matt Duchesne for a bit it's impossible to replace those guys on short notice they went for it they they took that chance they swung and they missed they won a playoff series but but nothing more last year and this year was kind of paying the price for that um so in a way I think they get a bit of a pass this year from from many this team overachieved but now they have to do something here, I think, to to bolster that that forward group. Wrote a column that posted a couple of days after the season, and this is what it comes down to. I, I'll, I promise I'll get to a question here soon. John Tortorella has one year left on his contract here. It looks like he's going to fulfill that, but who knows how much further he wants to go. Nick Foligno has one more year in his contract. He could sign an extension, but who knows where this is going to go. That has been a warrior for this organization. Seth Jones, two years to go before free agency. Zach Wierenski, two years to go before his contract is up. He'll still be an RFA, but something to keep in mind. My point is the window is getting, it's not closing. It may not have fully even opened yet, but it doesn't stay open long in this league. And I, I feel like they have to be very aggressive here in these coming months to, to bolster their, their forward group. Um, first, just your thoughts on that. Um, rambling monologue there, Allison. What they need to do? You agree? Do you that 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 it's not enough to wait for Texier to bloom, for Bemstrom to bloom, for Marchenko to get here? Are we on the same page? Let's let's find a foundation first. I mean, I would say it's it's not only an issue of not wanting to wait for those players. I will be so bold as to say they still need better players than that <laughs> to 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 be a true cup contender. So yes, um, this forward group needs some help. Um, it will get stronger, but I think that um, there's a reason that certain players are considered elite and and they are difference makers, and that is what is right now missing in terms of enough of that um, in this forward core. Yeah, and so John Tortorella and Yarmo Kekalainen both had, I thought, two little interesting. They had several interesting things to say, but as it pertains to this, two specific issues. Um, Yarmo Kekalainen saying that the fix is not going to come through free agency. That tells me take Taylor Hall off your wish list. Now I don't know if Taylor Hall was coming here anyways. I don't think he would have. 
I, I don't know how to read that situation, but they're not in that market. Easy, easy peasy, take them off your list. John Tortorella is saying that centers in the NHL are almost impossible to get. And so you have to find other ways to get your, to improve your team. Now that's interesting to me because if you look at the free agent market, Allison, you should be prepared to be very, very disappointed. That just aren't free agent centers available. Um, is who's the Grandland guy in in Nashville? Is that Michael? Yeah, that's Michael. That's Isn't probably it? the best free agent centerman available. Michael Grandland, yeah. So I, what I wanted to ask you is, um, how can they fix this team if they if they can't acquire a one or a two center. And let me even back up a little bit from that. How desperate do you feel the need is for a center? I mean, I, we do this every yes. year and you can never, well said. you can never uh, have too many centers is the old saying. But again, if you, if you can get two dynamic wingers, you can, you can, you can get by with your centers or maybe you're shifting someone to center. Maybe Texier is eventually a center. I'm looking at just straight forward level talent um, before I'm being specific yeah. to center. At least that's just my two cents. Okay. So you're not so hung up on a, a person being a pivot. Well, I think, I think that it's, it's so much more positionless hockey now, right? I mean, it's not, it, you know, I think faceoffs are overrated. And if you talk about offensive zone play, and two-way play, I mean, this whole group of forwards has had to do that. So I think that if you've got a line that can work together and everyone knows their responsibilities, I, if it's three right wings, God bless, go forward. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So that brings me to this. This is a, I'm almost framing this like a story. If you think this, then move ahead to this. And now we can move ahead to questions, Allison. <laughs> Mad libs. Yes. Um, is that oh, Mad boy. libs? Um, I think where, where it's like fill in the word, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think Alexander Texier is the kind of winger that Pierre-Luc Dubois needs. Please respond. I agree. I like them together. I think yeah. we saw a great degree of chemistry in this postseason. We know that they get along off the ice. And I think when you start to talk about being irritating and also having talent, those two are it personified for this team right now. Yeah. Now, is that enough next year for you? Or do you, or is that just, that's one line. Now, what do you, how do you create a second forward line that's dangerous? Because this is what we're talking about. Even if it's not, even if it's not specifically a centerman you get, you're looking at, I mean, you're looking at two pieces needed to bring this group to life. Is that too strong? No, I agree. Hundred percent. Two, at least two. At least. Okay. So I'm looking through the. I, I did a little jotting here. Um, center depth charts on all of the Eastern Conference, and and I've put a, a rectangle around the Metro teams. And you go through the list, and you go. Are you going to share a picture with us later? Uh, I can. Um, Barzal Nelson in New York, the Islanders. Zabanajad Strom with the Rangers. Ajo Stahl with Carolina. Couturier Hayes with Philly. 
Malkin Crosby, Pittsburgh, and Backstrom Kuznetsov, Washington. Um, I forgot New Jersey. Hishier and Hughes, who are probably a couple years away. Those are the top two sentiment on each team in each and the rest of the metro. That's pretty damn good. And so you you look through the the east the Eastern Conference elites at center. And this is for all of the divisions. Bergeron, Eichel, Aho, Barkov, Barzal, Zabanajad, Couturier, Malkin, Crosby, Point, Stamkos, Matthews, Tavares, Backstrom, Kuznetsov. Is can we put Dubois in that group now? Ooh. I think I'm I'm starting to sound like torts now. I think when when Dubois is at is at full bore, yes. He needs just a little bit more consistency in that game. And and he needs to be freed up a little bit. We know the defensive responsibilities he was tasked with this year. But right. uh, when he's at 85% plus, yes, I will say that. Um, Allison, can the Blue Jackets add the right wingers so that Boone Jenner, Boone Jenner can be a second-line center here? Is there a way to make that work? Oh, that's a tough I have, question. Oh, now I, mean, I feel like a lawyer. The, the, the way to think about this, right? Yeah. <laughs> you have an answer, don't you? Well, I, Do you have an answer? I feel like a lawyer and I've painted you into a, cor- to, into a corner. Here's what I would say. It, it's like it's you use the test. Would would our If Artemi Panarin was still a Columbus Blue Jacket, would he make Boone Jenner a second line center? Um, Your answer, please. Artemi Panarin could not play with Boone. Well, that's that would be... The, the answer I was leading you yeah. to. So, yeah. there you go. <laughs> right. So, what I, what I guess what I'm saying is they need to change their center position or add a center. Yes. Such that Boone can move to the wing. Or is he, is he, are he and Nash line three, line four? And what now are you doing with number Centers. 10? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he, are you sure putting yet. him at two? What I'm going to do with number 10. I mean, I'll be honest with you. He looked like a two no. <laughs> at times against the Lightning in game five. But if I'm the Blue Jackets, I am not trusting that. No, I agree. I agree. I think there's a hole there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So they may need a center. Regar- even in this age of positionless hockey. Um, <laughs> so now – You gritted your teeth as you said it too. Yeah. I mean, so uh, let me throw this at you now because we're working our way through this. Would you trade – this is – they're going to, people are going to hang up on us when I say this. Would you trade Boone Jenner? Listen, yes, I would. Yes, okay. I would. You were going to say something. I would. You were going to quantify that. Well, I, well, I was going to say it, it's the old adage. There are very few untradeable pieces. Correct. And, and, you, and you have to pay to yes. get. And so, unfortunately – Boone Jenner is not an untradeable piece to me, a very valuable piece to this team, to the city, to this organization. But if he could get you the elite talent back, I would certainly consider trading Boone Jenner. I yes. think he's a guy people overpay for. Interesting. Go on. Because of the name, because of the work ethic, because of who he is. And I'm not I'm not ex- The name's fantastic. It is. I'm not excited to trade him if I'm the Blue Jackets. But this is the first year that I really, I really listen because I think I think there need to be significant shakeups up front. Do you feel um, that they need more size? 
In other words, so take Josh Anderson out of the picture because uh-uh. he, he most likely is. Do they need to replace that size given the way they play? <sighs> you always just – you assume he's gone. Um, I – don't know that they necessarily need size. I would take skill over size. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, you have to give to get Allison Lucan. Yes, I do. Who on this team is untouchable? And when I say untouchable, I know nobody is. What I mean is if you're Yarmo Kekalainen and you're putting a team together with the framework, with your cluster of studs, if you will, you're saying these guys, this this is where I'm building from. So you're not you're not dealing that. How many guys are in that cluster? Uh Seth Jones. Yes. Um Zach is really, 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 really like it would have to be a major deal to even consider moving Zach Wierenski, in my opinion. Yes. Um uh Probably Pierre-Luc Dubois. Mm-hmm. Maybe Alexander Texier. I don't know. Um, and now I'm going to tick people off and say probably Elvis. Wow. Interesting. So I think there's only two that I would not consider trading okay. Dubois and Jones. Now, that doesn't mean the other ones. I, I would not. I, I would. That's fine. I would not trade yeah. either one of those. Um, because that just that changes what you're doing. Uh, but and I, and I would not. Um, I I you'd have to you'd have to throw a hell of an offer on the table to get me to consider moving Wierenski. I think where we're at, where the organization might be at, though, is that it's time. And I I want to go back and look at this. Tell me your thoughts on this. I think some of the biggest trades that that um, Yarmo has made. Um, has been trading non-Yarmo players. Yes. Right? So he didn't draft Johansson. Uh, agree. He he added Saad, but he traded a bunch of non-Yarmo pieces to get Saad. Um, the Gabrick trade, obviously, was a bunch of non-Yarmo pieces. I think, I, I wonder if, if they reach a point where they're willing to trade some of the young Yarmo pieces untouched as untouchables. Um, the guys that he's drafted and wanted to bring to fruition. To me, that's, that's almost the next boundary this summer. Thoughts? Well, I mean, he's done it. I mean, remember the Marco Dano trade? That was part of the trade with Chicago. And that was, that was remember that story? And Yarmo felt terrible and had called him into his office. And um, we traded Kirby Reichel, which is a different set of scenario right. of, of circumstances. Right. But, um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... <clears throat> Yarmo is is Yarmo is for all the things we've already said about him. He's also extremely competitive and he wants to win and he's a big risk taker. So I I think he's he's if it's a if it's a deal he wants to get done and he feels it's worth it, I think he would be willing to part with with his his quote unquote pieces. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. We will be back uh, right after this. Just got a couple messages to get through. Thank you. Our sponsor today, Manscaped has you covered to keep the hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. The premium lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof, includes an LED light, and is made with advanced skin-safe technology, which reduces nicks and cuts on your 
Delicates. You can get this trimmer inside their Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. Both super practical, and they smell great too. For a limited time, when you order the Perfect Package Kit, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. Get 20% off and free shipping. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code ATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. You're listening to Front and Nationwide, the Athletics' dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Portsign here. Allison Lucan is with us. Um, Allison, when you look on the Blue Jackets' back end, because we're, we're, we're looking hard at the Blue Jackets' forwards and, and trying to figure out how they can get better this, this offseason, when you look at their back end, that defense, where does your radar go as likely trade candidates if they're going to be if they're going to be moving defense to get a forward? Well, I mean, this is the problem with having so many good defensemen on your team. Um, different parts for different reasons, I think. I think David Savard, who's been a huge piece of this team, and, and as we learn more and more every year, is a huge part of, of the chemistry in the room. Um, but he's older. He's going to want to get paid. Um, he can instantly help uh, a stumbling defense. So I think that he carries a lot of value when we talk about having to give to get. Um, Marcus Nudavara did not have a great campaign this year. Right. Um, but I think he, he, even after a good year, I think he'd be, they'd be willing to have conversations about him. I, I think they're pretty high on Gavrikov. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if they'd move him, particularly because he's he's affordable. Um, and I mean, you have to keep. I, I, no one's going to take Ryan Murray, even if you try and trade him. I don't think that's going to move. Um, I mean, I think he's a great player. He's just always yeah. managing his injury. Right. Um, I mean, do do they even? So, how many do, have, do we have here? One, two, three. I mean, you have to keep enough, but. Do they consider using Andrew Peake as a sweetener? I was shocked he didn't see time in the postseason, to be honest with you. Yeah, I know, um, right? But I think I think after that, there's again, there's a deal that makes all the rest of them possibly movable. Yeah. I mean, I, as I go through it, I don't think that uh, I agree with you. I mean, Jones, Wierenski, not no chance, not likely. A Gavrikov, they like a lot. He's very affordable. He's still getting better. Um, the, and it's certainly not a desire to see anyone traded, but the name David Savard keeps popping up to me because it's like that's the obvious one. An older player, veteran player, a shutdown defenseman who's not typically or not uh, terribly expensive in today's marketplace. Right. Still has a lot of value to teams, especially teams that are trying to get um, more playoff-like, if you will. I think he's the guy. I don't think they want to trade Peak either because he's he's coming up and he's cheap and they think he can play. At least I thought they think they could play. He didn't play at all in Toronto, as you noticed. Um, I don't think there's any trade value right now with with Nudavara or Murray. Maybe more with Nudavara than Murray. Um, right. But the injury concerns. So the more I, the more I look at it, it just keeps everything just keeps popping up Savard. Mm-hmm. And so now it goes. Uh, it goes. Back to this, can you give up Savard and Boone Jenner and still be the Blue Jackets? Or is that the point of these trades, I guess? Do you know what I'm saying? 
I do. I totally know what you're saying and I get it, but I think that um, the, the, the team does need to change. I mean, it worked for them this year, but we said this a bazillion times. How hard did they have to work in every game and how hard did they have to work to create scoring chances? And if your return is high-end offensive talent, yeah, you know, I mean, it's you have defensemen who can assist on the breakout. You have defensemen who can feed the transitional play. Um, you're not hopefully in your end much at all. You their their defensive schema is is so much of positioning and active sticks. It's not just beat the guy into the ground. So, yeah, I think I think. I think they they could evolve in that direction. It would be different, and it would might be take some change. I mean, we saw them have to evolve to Artemi Panarin when he came, but it, it might be the direction they have to go. Yeah, yeah. And I keep hearing this from people like the top flight free agents are not going to want to sign with Columbus because of the style that Tortorella plays. I go, well, wait a minute. Tortorella only played that style because of the way that Columbus was built this year, right? Like, right. Right. They didn't play that way last year, certainly the year before. Like I don't think safe as death is gone. I think it's just on a hiatus until they get different types of players. Fair? Yeah, and, and I think, I mean, again, if we if we look at this safe as death concept, I mean, it wasn't like this team wasn't defensively sound two years ago or three years ago. No. This was their this was their second year being one of the the best defensive teams in the NHL. And two years ago, they were safe. They were living by safe as death. So, um, you know, I, I don't, I think, yeah, if, if, if they get the talent that Pete towards gets a bad rap for this, but if he has the players who can execute, he's, he's going to take off the reins and let them go. So I don't, I, that seems to be a, uh, improper characterization of what would happen if, if a high end offensive yeah. talent came here for sure. Is there a player that's out there that intrigues you that that has popped up as a guy that may be on the move? Anybody that you go, oh, that that's a perfect blue jacket, or that would be really interesting. Anybody? Oh, well, if they've gotten the first overall pick. <laughs> well, yeah, God, Allison. And did you see the Toronto ping pong ball go yes. Bemstrom and then pop out again? Yep. Yeah, heartbreak. Yep, yep. It's called Tavares up in Toronto. I think it's called Bems from here. <laughs> no, there isn't, to answer your question. I mean, but no. we are curious to see what is going to happen in Toronto. Speaking of Toronto, we don't know. If yeah. It, though all those horses are going to stay in the stable. So who, who, why? Who do you have your eye Well, there's talk in Montreal that Max Domi may be on his way out because they don't, they're too deep at center for Max Domi. And I would, I, that, that name intrigues me. Um, yeah, I think that's an interesting one. I think Sam, I think uh, Kaspari Kapan is an interesting one too. Agreed. If Domi could play in the middle. Domi would be a decent number two, I would think. Mm-hmm. Agree. That's something to to, to uh, kick around. Are you ready, Allison? If you're if you are Yarmo Kekalainen, are you ready to move on the goalies? <sighs> this is hard again, with my a, SATs, Porty. <laughs> getting a frequent again a frequent topic. But I mean, look um, what happened in these playoffs. Look what happened in the playoffs. Jonas Corposalo's stock only rose, right? Listen, I don't think Elvis's 100%. was hurt either, but Corposalo's went up. I would think a solid grade. Do you strike while the iron's hot? Yes. 
I do too. Yes, because because I and and for all the reasons that have been written and talked about, Eunice Corposalo is. He's so fun to cover. He's a great human being from the little that we know about him. He Good for him for achieving that success. But I do think he was out kicking his coverage a little bit. <laughs> so um, I think, to your point, if his value is never going to be higher and the goaltending market is going to be very – again, Toronto's a team that needs a goaltender. There are other teams that are going to need goaltenders. Corpusalo is very cap-friendly – this year and a year where numbers are not necessarily what GMs and owners thought they might be when they were making their master plans. Um, yeah, I, I listen all day, every day to see what comes back because you've got such a strong goaltending pipeline. Yeah. The team that intrigues me about with goaltending and Corpusalo is the Minnesota Wild. Interesting. Go on. The p- problem is I look at the forward group and I go, eh. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't want Zuccarella for for five more years at six million. Are you kidding me? I, mean, I don't want Kalchenyuk. Miko Koivu is 37 years old. Would, I, would I take Marcus? Team trade. Would you take Marcus Felino? I mean, I'd love the Felino, flying Felino brothers here would be amazing, but I wouldn't. I don't think I'd give up a number one goalie for him. No offense, Marcus Felino. I just, I, I like, it's a nice partner. I just don't know if it's a fit. Um, so, three yeah. team trade. Three Go team trade. Yes. I don't awesome? know, but the, yes, do it. Yeah. So these Let's are the trade weird, pieces. Yarmo. We've made some trades. Uh, Boone, David Savard, <laughs> um, Josh Anderson, and a goalie. Now the hard part, or the easy part, we've done the hard part for Yarmo. Now he's just got to go get something for him. Um, t- what's the morale of this team, Allison, if he's not able to change the forward look at all this summer? The morale. Um, it's all right, see, right? I, it's fine. Because, I mean, again, this it's group. It's all right, right? It, it, I think so. Because this group, what, look what this group can say now. They can say, look what we did when we were literally broken in half for the majority of the year. So yeah. now you, you want to look at a player like, Pierre-Luc Dubois and making sure he's he's getting to stretch his legs, if you will, offensively a little bit more. Um, I think there is value in, in evolving to that, but I don't think they're they're not going to be devastated by any means. I don't think. How how much do you make of of uh, the point I made at the top of the uh, podcast that you've got to start showing Seth Jones? Zach Wierenski, these guys. Okay, you've made you're making the playoffs. That's awesome. It really is. These are the best. This this is the best run of play the franchise has ever had. When do you show them the next step? How do you impress those guys and make Seth Jones want to stay? I think yeah. I don't. I don't know that much has to change though because I think you know I said this last year with all those deadline deals that was the best commercial. Yarmo Kekalainen could have given any player in or out of the of the Blue Jackets locker room is to say, if, if you guys get close, I'm going to do everything I can to help you out. I even go crazy to help you out. Um, yeah. And we know the story of Nick Foligno texting him thanks after those moves. So I, I think unless that changes, and, and I think that, you know, the answer lies within the room too. So... Um, I, I don't. What else can you do? I mean, really, at this point, 
Yeah. I mean, I think you got to show them something, though. I think you, I think they have, I think what really, really helps you re sign those players is if they believe they can win a cup here. Oh, 100%. 100%. And I don't know, I don't know if, if, if there's that belief on the current track. Mm. And I, to be clear, this isn't, I'm not saying Seth Jones has ever, ever articulated that there isn't. He hasn't. Um, I, but that, that kid is going to want to win a cup. I mean, they, and and I think he's. I don't know. I think you got to impress. You have to impress people in Columbus, Ohio, to get him to stay. And I think I think his contract is going to be really, really vital to this organization. It's going to be. Um, it's going to be a wellness check on this organization. Yeah. Agreed. I do agree, but I also, you know, I, I think these are such tricky things. And, and I agree with you. Listen, every player wants to be on a team that's going to win the cup. Um, but then look at how many players think that they leave a team to go to a team that's going to win the cup. And then nothing even remotely close happens. Um, yeah. And so I think that that's, that's just good counsel that hopefully every player gets from those close to them and in, in their circle. But I mean, you know, it's, it, the trick here is it's, I think Yarmo is willing to do pretty much anything he has to do. It's it's finding the players. It's finding the trade partner. It's obviously not this year, but finding the free agent who says yes, I'll I'll come. So um, I don't know. I don't know that the solutions are very controllable <laughs> by the people here. Um, you need two to tango. So that's that's the other side of this coin. Yeah, yeah. And what a strange time in the league too. I mean, it's free agency is November something. Um, Crazy. No, October something. When the hell is it? Because training camp start November seventeenth. Draft is, um, is October nine ten. That's all I know. Yeah, and so free agency probably starts the eleventh. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's going to be strange, but I, I think they're going to be very, very active. I think the league's going to be very active. They've got a better salary cap structure than most teams do, given the flat tax or flat flat cap. Um, so they can get a little creative, but they, they can't go on a spending spree. I don't think they're in on Taylor Hall. I think they try to trade their way to a more balanced roster. Uh, but as you said, it takes two to tango. Um, anything else we need to get to here, um, Allison Lucan? I think we have covered it all and established ourselves as budding GMs. Yeah. yeah budding <laughs> is in growing into it, not clashing. Right. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Right. What if nothing happens this summer or off season? God. We. I just. I just don't. I know. I mean, the Josh Anderson stuff is going to come to a head, um, one way or the other. But that'll be its own podcast, I'm sure. Um, thanks for listening. We're going to keep uh, cranking. Just to give you an idea here, Wednesday, uh, the grade card will be available on Wednesday. Grades for every player. We, we did the uh, or a quarter pole or the uh, one-fourth of the way into the season, the midpoint of the season, the quarter pole of the season. These, this is your end of season grades for other players. And then Friday, we're, gonna, we're going to uh, rank the Blue Jackets players based upon their likelihood of sticking around for next season. Wow. So it's sort of a T 
tier-based look at who's likely to be traded. And then at some point next season, we're going, or sorry, next week, we're going to have a ranking of every Blue Jackets prospect. Um, so sort of give you a, a, an idea of what they look like on the uh, the pipeline. Uh, so, so thanks for listening. Thanks for reading as always. We'll be with you all off season again, two of these a week uh, for the foreseeable future. Then we're going to, we might go back to one. We'll see. Uh, we'll definitely be here as news dictates. Uh, and I, we suspect there will be lots of news this summer. Allison, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thanks to our producer, Danielle. And we will talk to you again soon. Thank you.